Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. Hey, what's up? It's me. It's your host. It's your guy, Steve McJones. Are you ready for another episode of Articulate? Because it's my favorite part of the week. Uh, this week, we got Mbeda Sokola, man. Uh, one of my favorite people to see out uh, at an open mic. He is another stand-up comedian, and I was fortunate enough to get him on this week because he is he's a very uh, down-to-earth and real person, and he's a very calming presence as well. <laughs> And I think you should be able to tell that from this conversation. Uh, but what I realized about him, what I didn't know before this conversation, and after editing and everything and going back and listening to it, he really appreciates the people in his life and what they do for him. Uh, and, and he really understands the hustle and understands the grind. Um, so it's motivating for me to listen to him. And really, I'm just fortunate to be a part of this guy's life uh, and just to get to know him a little bit. And I think... Again, you'll be able to tell he's such a great guy after listening to this conversation. So please enjoy this and, uh, you know, check out his films and his productions and everything because he is a, a really talented person. Set the most and then just do a completely different set for a couple of weeks and then come back to it was people kind of forgot about it a little yeah. bit and, and then I tweaked it a little bit and changed up little things so I can get like a better reaction from That's people rather point. than doing the same set for like a month. I like that, and it's like, a l- I mean, it gives you a little bit of time to, like, yeah. to take a step back, and then when you bring it back, it's fresh again, Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. I like that, absolutely. Uh, one guy I knew, uh, his name is Stevie Jr., he taught me something that, like, I was doing stand-up for years, I, I was on and off, but he taught me something that, like, damn, I wish I would have known this earlier. What was like, it? Like, he taught me, um, after, like, in open mics and showcases and stuff, going at the end... Is hard because people get used to joke structure. That's true. So even if your jokes may land over here or over there, it may not land as hard because people are beating you to the punch subconsciously. But they didn't hear 10, 15 other people tell jokes. First this happened, set up, then this happened, punchline. Yeah. So one thing to do is you bring something topical, something that's going on in front of you. Right, in like, the room. Yeah, in the room. Like, I say something like, oh, I see a lot of people with glasses here. Something stupid, but like, yeah. something where they don't know what's coming because I don't know what's coming. Get a little chuckle in, so now they back on my side. All right, yeah, and, and, and then you can go back in. Yeah, then you can go back into your set. To be able to go out every night, you got to like work on different things. Some nights, I just try to work on my facial expressions. I tell the same jokes, but I try to work on how my face looks. Oh, yeah. I see me on camera, I'll be like just having a regular face and time. Oh, that looks weird. <laughs> Other times I'll try to work on my intonation, like saying one word, oh, the other word, oh, you going a little faster, going a little slower. Yeah. Next night I'll work on this, that, and other thing. Just so it's all part of the package, you know, body movement and all that. Yeah, so. we were talking about that today actually in the class I had on Sunday mornings, and they were just like emotion, you know, yeah. like so the dude had a, a joke about like. Michael Vick and like how he was treating dogs like chickens basically and he like went through the process of killing a chicken and so like the first time he did it it like crushed and then he did it again at Raven and it like absolutely bombed and some comic was like dude it's because the emotion behind it like the first time you did it it was like you were shocked at the process of killing a chicken but when you did it at Raven it was like you were almost enjoying the process yeah. of killing yeah. it so it was really like about how he was saying it and the yeah. emotion behind it and everything but yeah so now that I've been like I feel like the more I keep doing it, the more I've said this for like the past three weeks, but it's like, I feel like I'm settling more into the kind like yeah. what the open mics are going to be. And I don't know how long that settling process takes or if it ever actually 
uh, I don't even know if that's what it, it is, you know, a settling process. Yeah. But I feel like I'm getting a lot more comfortable to be able to, it's like, all right, I know I'm going to be doing this like at least two days a week. So it's like, why not? You know, the weeks don't stop. They, they keep coming, you know, so I can try, like you were saying, work on different things each yeah. week and not worry too much about the other shit. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Jokes going to buy and they're going to be what it is, but. All right. All right. Warmed up conversation a little bit. All right. Let's so do let's it. get into it, guys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Beta Socolo. Um, so, Beta, where did you grow up at, actually? In Philly? Um, yeah, I grew up. So, have you been recording this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool how, how slide it was. I didn't know we started. But, yeah, that's cool. I liked it. But, um, yeah, I grew up here in Philly. I grew up like Germantown, Alany, like kind of North Philly-ish area. Okay. How would you describe your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My childhood was like... It was it was normal, you know. My my parents are both from Africa, so like it's a little different. True. It's like any any black kid from the hood, you know. Had fights, had friends, had girls. Nice. You know. Yeah, siblings. Yeah, yeah. I got three brothers. Okay. And so, like, what age did you start exploring maybe like creativity a little bit? I guess. Creativity. I'll probably say like. Elementary school, middle school. Mm-hmm. I used to do theater when I was in middle school. Really, I didn't know. Uh, that. In elementary school, I played violin. You just completely skipped over that. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I played. That's crazy, cause violin's like a super hard instrument to play. I used to love the violin. I was like pretty good at it. Really? Yeah. What happened, bro? Pick that shit back up. Pull uh, that out of this stand up on the I stage. Just, you know, I just kept moving forward. Violin was like elementary school, okay. middle school. I did the drums. Really. Okay, yeah. it's a lot of background in music then, huh? Yeah, yeah, I love music. Yeah, yeah I could tell you got you got a lot of creative outlets, which is another reason why I enjoy your presence a lot of the time. Appreciate you, yeah. yeah. I feel like music makes you creative. Music makes you smart, I think. I think I read somewhere, I could be wrong, but like how kids who grew up playing instruments, you know, I guess did better something out, did something better in life. I don't know. I forgot the thing, but like, yeah, I feel like... No, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like another language, you know Yeah, what I mean? for sure. And so like when kids learn other languages, I know that definitely takes a, an effect, a positive effect on their brain. Things a like thousand that. percent. Absolutely. And like, I've noticed personally for me, uh, maybe like not with development, but like listening to music, like... I never was a big fan of classical. I actually hated classical for a while because mm-hmm. they used to play it during nap time at preschool. And I was like, bro, I'm not trying to nap. Get this boring ass music right. off. Yeah. But um, but then over the pandemic, I started finding myself in like depressive loops in my head, you know, that I would just think the same things over and over because every day was like the same. Yeah. So I started just throwing on that music in the background sometimes when I, and I would like sit down and try to write. And I think it would like, I think it just takes your mind to different places. Yeah, uh, for sure. In different areas, which is interesting. It definitely has an effect on, positive effect on the brain. So that was a good, uh, is that kind of where it really started for you? Yeah, I a thousand percent think so because I used to love playing the violin. I used to love looking at new pieces okay. and going through with my teachers. And then, yeah. And then I just always wanted to play an instrument or be on stage or something like that ever since then. Yeah. So that was definitely like the start. Okay. Art career. So where did the, I guess the theater probably started like the music or the, the movies aspect of things, right? Yeah, I would say so. I Like I didn't know it at the time, but yeah. Okay. Because well, I did always want to be an actor when I was younger. Okay. And what was your inspiration? My Denzel Washington. That was my guy. Nice. Without commitment, you'll never start. Without consistency, 
you'll never finish. I always wanted to be like Denzel, so you know, I should just act in middle school. I thought I was a good actor because I was good at lying. So I'm like, all right. Really? <laughs> That's a good way to do it. I actually had a teacher that said, uh, she's like, I would never date an actor because you don't know if they're like that's their real personality or not they could be lying at any moment yeah. you know and they're good at it yeah and that's so, me so i'm like all right cool i <laughs> i should be an actor <laughs> you know that's where it started i wanted to be an actor but i felt like with acting it's a lot of competition so my thing was i'm like i don't feel like i'm gonna just make it an acting with my superior acting method so i try to see what can i bring to the table that not every actor could bring to the table and that's where stand-up came in. Okay. Uh, I'm funny. Yeah. So I'll do stand-up first, and that'll be my way into acting. That's yeah. tight. So, yeah, so you would, like, did you, like, go out for auditions and things at, to start out with? Or, like... a, little, a little. When I was younger, my mom took me to a couple of Jones, but, like, some of them was, like, scam ones and all that. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, you so good. We need you. So, <laughs> and my mom was like, no, we ain't doing that. And yeah. then I just did, like, theater in middle school. And after that, I was like... I'm not going to keep going to these auditions. Some of them asking for money, but I'm like a young kid. I'm like, Mom, just give them $500. And she was like, no. Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> but you found out through that, like, with the people you were auditioning with and, like, the other actors that you probably, I don't know, you had some other friends that were doing the same type of thing? or no, nah, just yeah. you? Yeah, I didn't know anybody. Besides, you know, I knew people we were doing plays with in, in middle school but I didn't I didn't think any of them was like going out but so then so how did the funny kind of work into it when did you find out you were funny uh, I was always hilarious always. <laughs> I was always hilarious you know yeah absolutely. I was always the class clown yeah okay. I was a crazy kid so I'm like alright I want to use this I want to use this funny this is what I'm naturally good at mm-hmm. naturally good at being funny mm-hmm. I just felt like if you want to do something in life you got to build on what you already good at or right. you have a passion for yeah, that's where the talent really comes in. Yeah. You got to bring like the hard work to really craft it. I exactly. Think. A hard work will turn you into the monster. But, you nice know, level. like the talent is like a base level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But but I like what you do because you've got, I was actually just talking to uh, Catherine Williams, I think her name is. She's the one that like put together the Excel sheet on like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she, I was talking with her a little bit about like. Because I think stand-up is a really good way into the entertainment industry as well. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to get too caught up in just stand-up, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because building a career off just of that is very, extremely difficult. For sure. Extremely respectable, don't get me wrong. Like, it's insane if people can do that. But for sure. I just don't know if that's a life for me, you know? You talk, you talk about acting being competitive. I feel like uh, stand-up is almost just as, you Yeah, know? for sure. So, how do you... Give me like the the timeline here between the stand up, the the movies that you're doing. Um, I know you do writing, directing, camera work, you know, and and music probably still plays in effect. So, it, it, you know, factors in there somehow. So, give me like a timeline. How does that all work together? So, um, basically, how it started was, you know, I did the plays in middle school, and then like early high school when I tried to do a couple auditions. But it was when I was like 16. I was in the 10th grade. Like, all right, I'm gonna do stand up. Okay. That's going to be my Can't way. That's great, that early. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that day. I had got like chosen for this callback audition or something like that. But they started, and then they that's when they brought the money into it. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. I thought I was good. Mm. But I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to do stand-up. Okay. As soon as I get to college, I'm going to do stand-up, and that's going to be it. So I got to college. Um, my first year was like, I didn't do I didn't do no stand-up. I was just going crazy, you know. First year of college. <laughs> first year of college. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had went to uh, Penn State. 
and I took out a lot of loans. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to fall back on this stand-up. The stand-up is going to pay for it, so I ain't worried about these loans. Mm-hmm. So at the end of my freshman year, I was like, all right, let me find a stand-up club and actually get into it. So that's when I started doing stand-up. I was like 18, 19. And then I thought about it because my uh, major was computer engineering. And that was like, being a computer engineer is kind of counterintuitive to what I want to do. Right. So if I want to do stand-up, by the way, I didn't want to do acting as soon as I started doing stand-up. As soon as I started doing stand-up, I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Nice. Yeah, well, how was that first time? Was that in your latter half of the freshman year of college that you did it for the first time? Yeah, yeah. It was probably like the last um, the last session or whatever okay. before the year ended. Yeah, and you just really like hit the ground running on that? Oh, no, I did terrible. <laughs> but after like a couple times, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I like this. Okay. I like this a lot. Yeah, yeah. acting. So then what happened? Like you computer, what was it, computer engineering? Was that yeah, that was my major. And then I switched it to um to movies, to um filmmaking. Oh, wow. That's a big switch. Yeah, because I'm like, wow, I should work towards what I want. So if I want to be a stand-up comedian, I should do something that's in that realm that'll help me get my comedy out. Yeah, absolutely. So that's when I switched it to um, filmmaking. Wow. So do you, do you complete your filmmaking degree? I did, I got my degree in media studies. Media studies, yeah. okay. I didn't get accepted into the film uh, college. I had to submit something. I didn't get accepted, okay. and I wasn't going to wait another year. And then I'm like, I'll do it on my own. It's not that deep for them to accept me. I'll figure it out on my own. Absolutely. And I mean, you still probably learned a lot from the media. Oh yeah, for sure. I learned a lot from that. I still use a lot of those lessons. Like the biggest thing college taught me was it taught me how to learn. Okay. High school, growing up in Philly, you were just fucking. It was, it was yeah, it was nothing. I always had a good memory, so I was always good at school. Okay. And high school was always all right. This is the lesson. We're gonna give you a test on the lesson, and then boom, you get the grade. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I don't need to pay attention, but I see everything you wrote there. Test easy. Nice. Multiple choice. You can always cancel out two. Then you got a fifty percent chance of. Getting the right answer. Right. Uh, I was always good at it that way, so I didn't really pay attention or learn anything in high school. Yeah. It's, the thing is, it's still tr- strategic if you think about it, because I was similar like that where I didn't really... Uh, my my st- strategy was like pay attention in class mm-hmm. and then never do the homework. I never do. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not on for Like this is, I'm here eight hours during the day. I don't yeah. need to spend more time on this. Exactly. But you come back and it's like, as long as you were like, paying attention or I mean you have that in your memory already and then yeah. you, like you said in the test it's, at that point it's just process of elimination You're exactly like, I know for sure it's not like a couple of these things exactly and then yeah. if you know even a little bit that is skewing your favor to where you usually get a higher grade yeah so yeah like, all right cool right so then in college how did that change like my first semester I got three C's in a D <sighs> I want to say I was going to get an F but I had dropped the class before I'm like, oh, shit, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I just slowly started to learn. Because every process in college, every professor got a different process. In high school, for the whole four years, it's the same process. This is 30%, this is 10%, this is that. You do this, you get that, you get that. Mm-hmm. You learn one system, you're good for four years. Right. But in college, every teacher had their own system. Yeah, I never so thought about it like that, but it's, it's true. Yeah. Just had to learn every professor's system while you had the class, and then you could kind of beat the not beat the system, but you know engage it how you want to. Okay. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I wish <laughs> even in college, dude, for me, sometimes I, I switched like two majors and then I went into uh, hospitality okay. and it was the same type of thing. They kind of like taught you everything and then you'd take the test. Mm-hmm. But I learned hospitality became more about the in-person experiences, like making relationships with the professors and with the other people, because mm-hmm. that's how you got jobs. You know what I mean? That like if they sense. went and interned somewhere, they could put in a good word for you yeah. or, you know, if, you know, the teachers knew somebody Things like that. So it became a lot more about learning the networking side of things. Yeah. To learn, like, learning and, like, discipline, I had to start doing that on my own. Yeah. I was uh, fortunate enough to have an older brother who's, like, 28 that was, is super passionate about things like that. So he kind of mentored me a little bit at that point in my life to where I started just doing learning on my own time. So that's when I, used, I started going, like, you know, picking up screenwriting books or... Yeah books even about like financial stuff like that and then making your own practice so like writing screen like screenplays and and actually putting shit together little projects on your own time and i feel like that's the real process of learning i guess nah yeah i feel like completely i feel like mine is a little different like i was never good at networking or just meeting people and talking to people i'm I'm a real shy person like i'm the type person if i don't have anything to say i don't talk like And I can't make my brain think of something. If I don't think of nothing, I'm just quiet. Yeah, but that puts more value to your words, I think. You know, I, f- I think... Uh... I, I can see that. <laughs> but I feel like in the game that we in, or just like how you're talking about with hospitality, is all about networking. Yeah. So yes. that's what I had to learn on my own. Okay. So college taught me how to learn, but I had to learn how to network. Because communications, I had opportunities to get in here, talk to this person, but I was, I was just never that guy to, hey, so talk to me, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, that's cool, I'll do this, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, okay. it is tricky, dude, especially, I don't know, I had to relearn it coming out in Philly, you know, that's different, uh, different people out for here. For sure. You gotta relearn how to talk to people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, so when did, so you started doing the media, and then did you start doing your own uh, film projects at that point? So, I had a homie in Philly before I went to college. He started, he had got a camera. Okay. He, like, kind of started doing film. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, like, shooting music videos. Like, he's, like, a, a director in the city. He shoots a lot of these local rappers and upcoming rappers music videos. Yeah, but like... he always wanted to do film. Okay. So, like, we had... I wouldn't say we did it together, but, like, he had me, like, in a project. But it never, like, really came out because we didn't know anything about lighting or nothing like that. Right. So when I got to college, um, I had switched my major. It was film and video. And then I was taking a couple of those classes. And that's when I would put my own stuff together a little bit. Okay. And then he was putting his own stuff together. You start using some of those techniques? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, he, I would show him, yo... Check the site, like, oh, all right, I see you learn, I see you working, or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I came home my sophomore year, and he was like, yeah, I'm trying to put this project together. Do you know anything about screenwriting? Mm-hmm. I had took, like, two weeks in it. I was like, yeah, I know all about screenwriting. I can do that. What's yeah. up? And then that's just kind of how it went. I'm like, all right, bet I got this project. We did a whole five episodes. Yeah. And then, you know, we've just been working together and making yeah. movies ever since. Yeah, you got a big portfolio, dude. I mean, I've gone through your Instagram a couple of times. You guys yeah. just keep pumping these films out, man. Yeah, and, you try. And yeah, no, but they're great, too. I mean, from... Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And and they always have, like, a, a great message, you know what I mean? Like, 
Uh, I mean, some of them are obviously just for fun. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh, the last one we were talking about at Raven, uh, the one that I think you just put out was about like a mother whose son. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. A... We ain't put that one out yet, but okay. yeah, that's that's gonna be like a good one. We gonna take that to schools. The next one, yeah. yeah. Well, and so that's what I was gonna bring up because again, we had talked about this on Thursday, but you were just talking about how the education education system at least for high school, is kind of fucked up. Yeah. And that's something that you seem a little bit kind of passionate about because you go around to schools. Uh, how, how did you get into that? Well, I, I'm going to give my homie all the credit. It was like his idea. What's his name? His name is Amir Rogers. Okay. The guy you see me do all my uh, my movie projects with. I'm going to give him credit. Okay. It, it was his idea. He he used to take me to his church, and then he was all his family was always like religious and like his dad. Like he he used to be in the streets. He's like a he an old head. He's like the OG now. He oh, be really? telling people, all right, this is this is what's going on. Like you should move this way. Yada yada yada. He's like the, the old head that uh talk to all the young kids. Okay. Around. Cause he I mean cause he been through. Some yeah, cause he been through some stuff. Yeah. So like he kind of was like the one that would tell us, yo, y'all doing something good. Y'all should talk to these people. Y'all should uh, oh, bring nice. the schools. So my homie he had the idea. Yeah, I want to do this positive vibe tour, this project that we're doing. We're going to take it to schools, this and the other thing. We're going to talk about our life. Because he had dropped out of school in 11th grade, went to Job Corps, went to college, got kicked out of college. He got his own story. I went to college. I fucked up my first year, almost fell out, but then I kept going and succeeded. So we would just go around schools, shoot this little short five to ten minute movie we did just about making the right choices. Okay. Tell people our stories, tell the kids our stories, and then we would just have fun. We would have a DJ, some local people that you know everybody know from Instagram come and yeah, positive vibes tour. Yeah. That's great. So the concept is basically just kind of uh, working past those hardships. Yeah, yeah. It's basically about you know turning the negative to a positive. Yeah. Because talking to these kids, a lot of these kids is like. They bad. They they mom is not in their life, or they dad not in their life, or they growing up in these circumstances where it's drugs and killing and murder around them. But they still gotta go to school every day. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy to think about. Like yeah. trying to fit school into your schedule around like murder. Yeah, that's crazy. And just talking to these kids made you made me really think. Dang, I had it good. Mm-hmm. Cause I know people who, who's been killed. I know people who've been stabbed, shot, jumped, beat up. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like. Bro, I could die today. I never really felt that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah man. A lot of kids gotta go through that, and then still, you telling me I gotta do math homework? You know, what I'm thinking like that. It's crazy. It is, man. I, that's that's terrible. That's one of the reasons why. Like, I mean, I obviously again suburban Ohio, where I was just it's just a big bubble out there, you yeah. know. But I did have like kind of a jarring experience. Talked about it on stage, like the juvie thing, a little bit, and I got a little bit of uh, perspective with that and seeing the other kids in there. Mm-hmm. Even in Ohio, there's obviously some shitty areas, and I was able to see that in you know real time, for sure, uh, which was crazy. Um, but that's another reason why I wanted to move out here, man. Is just to like again, I have no idea what life in the big city is like and yeah. how how real it can get, yeah. man. So, but that's great though. So that's something that you kind of inspired you to, you were able to mix like this passion project that you do with your movies and filmmaking yeah. and turn that into a thing to help uh, other kids that, you know, might be on a similar tra- trajectory that you yeah. were on. Yeah, it's facts. Because all of our projects, well, most of our projects, we got uh, a positive message to it. We want to 
you know, leave people with something. Yeah. So, with this one, it was like, I not bring it to schools. Yeah. I was like, I'm 100% for it. So, you know, we started with a couple schools. Other schools heard about it. The kids were telling their school, their staff about it. And then, you know, it just grew into something we did every year. Nice. Yeah, man. You uh, you, you meet some pretty fun kids. Oh, for sure. Kids, yeah. For sure. Kids with big dreams. Kids that can dance better than me. Like, <laughs> kids that got crazy stories. Yeah. You meet all kinds yeah. of kids. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That sounds like a good time. Sounds like you had fun with it. Too. Oh, for sure. So, like, do you have plans, like, and projects that you, you know, like, big dream? You talk about dreams. Like, you know, what is your, like, big, do you have, like, a passion plan that you're that you're gonna work out in the future or i don't know my mind be everywhere so there's like a lot of things i want to do i want to i want to win grammys for my projects yeah um i want to tour the tour the world doing stand-up right um one of my scripts everybody who read it said they thought it read like a book they thought i should turn it into a book so i'm doing that i want to put a book out there Okay. One of my screenplays. Yeah, and so how do you balance all those things, all, all these passion projects, man? Yeah, it's definitely hard, but that's why I feel like I got a real good team. Like with the film side, when it comes to scheduling and all that, we got a great team. Smooth like, operation. Yeah, smooth operation. So where when I jump in, I can I'm there to help. I don't gotta. It's not that I don't gotta do too much, but I can do my niche. Yeah. I don't gotta try to do everything. I can write. Do some directing, try to find some people, but like we got a great um, production assistant where she just like contacts everybody, sends emails, sends the paperwork to everybody, getting info. Like our, the, the director, our mayor, he's, I'm gonna find this location, he'll produce as well. I know this location. Okay. Our DP, he has his own camera. I think this will work. He said, I, I'll grab the slider for this. So. Yeah. It's a smooth operation over there, so I don't got to go crazy thinking about it 24-7. I can just work on getting better at being a screenplay writer yeah. and directing. Just focus on that. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I think a big lesson from that is like teamwork, you know, like yeah. having a good team. A man. thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you meet all those people? Just through the college and, and you know, growing uh, up around here? Actually, my friend Amir, I knew him since like the fourth, third grade. Okay. We grew up right next door to each other. Yeah. And then from that, our, the girl who's our um, assistant, she grew up right up the block. She's a virtual assistant. She does that for companies. Nice. But she believes in, you know, what we got going on. Yeah. Um, other homie who's the director of photography, he, we met him through... Another guy who we grew up with. He went to, um, he worked with Temple doing all their camera work and whatnot. And he used to do the football games for my homies, Flag Football League. And that's how that connection came about. And just that's how I got you. So people. you really know these people too, is the other thing. And yeah. that's why I feel like it's cool because you know them that you can trust them to handle their responsibilities. Oh, for sure. Yeah, which really, like, like you said, it leaves room in your mind to work on and focus on other things as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we all hold each other accountable to it. If somebody messes up, like, come on, bro, you gotta get it together. You, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I need, dude. That's the reason why, like, I personally started doing stand-up is because, like, there were some, like, YouTube projects and things that we would do back in the day, but you always you gotta have other people around to, like, film or mm-hmm. come up with ideas and brainstorm with and some people just aren't 
reliable about that's, stuff that's like facts. that, man. They just uh, they just got their mind on different things, which is not like a bad thing. But it's like this, like if you and I are gonna go into this project together, let's do it together, right. you know. But it's cool that you got a, a dream team like that. Yeah, <laughs> lucky, real lucky. So, how do you hold yourself accountable for stand up? For stand up, now that's where it's hard because I I do that by myself. That's what I'm saying. So I've been doing stand-up since I was 19, but I'm just now at 27 starting to get consistent Okay. in the last seven months to right before the pandemic, a couple months. Yeah. So it was like, the way I hold myself accountable is I got student loans. Okay. Like I lit that fire under my ass early. Like, all right, if I want to do this, I'm going to give myself a reason to where I can't quit. Right. So I went to college. I lived in the best dorms. You know, I had the best meal plans, yeah. all that. Took all that under loans. Yeah. So I'm like, when I get out, there's no turning back. Yeah. I gotta go hard with this. Mm-hmm. So if I go too long without doing stand up, that bill come in the mail or something that'll hit me, like, dang, I gotta. You're gonna be hitting a little harder. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta make it happen. Gotta get out there, man. That's actually really it's a financial investment, really. Like, For sure, a thousand percent. Financial responsibility, that'll get you every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Motivate your ass to get out there. That's yeah. crazy. Because I know me, I'll let myself slack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nobody's around. It's tough, man. Like, uh, being comfortable, you give yourself a lot of excuses to be comfortable. A thousand percent. And the thing is, it's easy. And, like, one of the excuses even is, like, well, I need my brain to, like, decompress so that way I can think clearly to do the things that I want to do. Right. But if you give yourself a little too much of that that space then you you know it just doesn't translate and your your mind goes into like a stasis you know and just yeah. kind of doesn't move yeah a thousand percent yeah man and uh, i experienced that and i'm not trying to go back there yeah. and then nothing is because my friends are all achieving their goals and moving forward with their lives i'm never gonna be the one left behind but i can't let them just outwork me mm-hmm. i gotta be up there too yeah i got my friend he just got his master's last week <sighs> Like, my homie, he got a music deal. Mm. Like, he got a contract right now. He's working on an album Damn. with uh, Def Jam or somebody. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I got a lot of friends that's doing a lot of big things, and I'm not going to be the friend that's down here still trying to... Trying to make, make shit happen. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going I'm to work hard, too. So, I mean, we all on the same level. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that's kind of what I wanted to ask. Like, being 27, how does that affect you... And your grind, like, cause you know I'm 23, right? So I'm out here, I'm like just starting this stuff. So I'm like, dude, like this is a lot, you know. And coming in and seeing all these other people, it's very intimidating. Yeah. And when people that just started with you are insanely good, you know, like m- multiple times better than you may ever be, you know. Yeah. So as a 27 year old, it's cool to hear that seeing those people achieve things kind of motivates you too. Yeah, for sure. Is there other ways that like things turn out? That, that kind of helps you grind and things out For like sure. that. For sure. Like, I watch stand-up all the time. And I see, like, when Hannibal Burris put out one of his specials, he was 27. And I'm still wow. down here doing open mic. I don't try to compare it, but I try to use that for motivation. Yeah. It made me think, all right, if I was really on top of my game when I started and kept on going, then I would probably be a little further. So now I just got to work hard mm-hmm. every day yeah. to where I'm not... 30 saying the same thing I'm saying at 27. Yeah. Same thing I'm saying at 25. Absolutely. Like, this guy can accomplish this. And I try not to compare myself to other people's lives because, you know, everybody has different variables, but it's hard not to. 
Yeah. I don't do it like in a jealous way. I do it like in a motivational way. Like, all right, if they can do this at this age, I can do this. Yeah. And, and so do you, I'm kind of hitting this stage now where, I, like we were talking about with the stand-up, where it's like, I now am realizing like how much time I actually have. Cause like, if I'm doing this three days a week, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I have time to like, you know, I'm going to three days a week indefinitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't want you to think like that because that's how I thought. Okay. I was 21. I was like, I got so much time. I know people that's 30. Like when I first started um, doing open mics in Philly, I would come home over the summer the open mic here there. I was in my early 20s. I would see people who like 30 plus yeah. at these open mics. Not even really funny. I'm like, oh, I got... I'm already funnier than this guy. Yeah. I got time. Right. Now I'm 27. I'm still in the same place, kind of. I've done a couple more showcases. I met some more people, but I'm in the same place. Because yeah. I thought I had a lot of time. Damn. I feel like you need a sense of urgency with, with whatever you're doing. Right. So. With the sense of urgency, though, doesn't that like cause anxiety? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it depends on the person. I'm not a, a real anxious person. Okay. I feel like life is going to turn out the way it's going to turn out. True. My job is just to work as hard as I can to achieve the goals I want. And okay. It's either going to work out or it's not. But mm-hmm. it's not for me to decide. It's for yeah. Me just to do what I can do. No, I like that, though. I do need that kind of sense of urgency to keep me going. Because if I. The alternative is, again, that comfort zone, yeah. which quickly turns into, like, depression or yeah, just, like, exactly. slow movements, you know? Hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I need to... I, I, that's why I like being around people. A lot of comics, especially, yeah. keep you in that go mode, you yeah. know? It's like, yeah. I mean, you could stay home and work on something, or you could come out and do an open mic, hang out with us, and get your brain working a little yeah, bit, Yeah, exactly. You know? so, like that's definitely a thousand percent needed. Yeah, yeah. That's people that kind of recalibrate you. To yeah. adjust to that's your why goal. the people in your circle or your friends gotta be people that are doing better than you I think I feel like you can't just be in a group of friends with you're doing better than all your friends because then you're gonna think you at the top of the world right you could be like right here and your friends right here but you could be all the way up here if you deal with and I feel like your circle is gonna motivate you to move up or they're gonna motivate you to stay where you are right so all my friends I feel like doing better than me Damn. No, that's good though. That's I mean, that's uh, there's that phrase where it's like the, you're the product of the five closest people to you. I agree. Things yeah, like a thousand that. percent. Yeah, and that's a really really important lesson to learn, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's tricky though, because some people they'll tricky into thinking they're successful. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. That's very true. <laughs> you just gotta use that motivation for what it is. Yeah. They look successful, so I wanna be where I think they are. So whether they really are there or not, yeah. my motivation is about getting where they are, kind of. Yeah. And that's the good thing about hanging with comics, because you see a lot of comics doing things, you see them working, see them working stuff out. Putting together shows, dude. I yeah. can't hosting, and yeah. then, like, they got, like, full-time jobs and yeah. stuff, too, man. Like, that's very... It, that's what I really like about the comic scene is you can get any number of people, man. Like anybody can walk in and do an open mic, you know, yeah. and do it consistently. So when you see, you know, like you were talking about, like 30 year olds that there might be some that aren't good, but there are some that are like on top of their game. Yeah, you know, exactly. Things like that. It's really, really motivating. And everybody's so nice in the comic scene yeah, too. They, sure. they want you to succeed. Yeah. They want you, or they want you to bomb really hard and, <laughs> and laugh at you. <laughs> and that's like every comic Fails the same. Like, we all know what it's like to start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. We all know what it's like to want to succeed in comedy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like if we all going for the same thing, who am I to 
hinder your progress, right. especially if I'm where you at or just barely above where you at. You know. Yeah. I ain't nowhere special. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's very uh, that's uh, yeah, it's very leveling to yeah. go out and, and see all those comments. For sure. But yeah, man, I I think uh, you know that's this might be a good place to to wrap it up. You, you got some projects coming out though. If you wanna you know plug them, uh, you know your Instagram plug like I don't know you got a website or anything. Got you. Uh, yeah, we got some projects coming. Um, the film about the mother and mother who lost her son to gun violence. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's dropping yet. We still editing that, but that's gonna come out either late October, early November. It's called Soul Food Sunday. Okay. We're working on a couple Halloween projects that we're going to put together, little short things that's going to go up on Instagram, kind of use filmmaking in a different light than, you know, most people usually be trying something different. Okay. So, yeah. That sounds interesting. What's yeah. the, the gram? My my Instagram is I love Beta, so it's I love M-B-E-T-A. And that's the one you post all your production stuff in? Yeah, I post all my production stuff okay. on there. Okay, what's this experimental stuff you got going on? I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, like I can't really say too no. much about it now, but <laughs> it's, going, it's like different. Okay. It's definitely different than normal filmmaking. Okay, well, that's what we need, man. I mean, I don't, I've seen enough Marvel movies at this point. I don't yeah. need, you know, more just like basic shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're trying something different. So I'm real excited about this. I feel like we're going we gonna to do something with this one. This one's going to be a good one. I like that. I like that. All right, cool, man. Uh, well, you know, check them out. Check out the, the gram. You know, keep an eye out for that sort of stuff. I appreciate you coming out to talk with me. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't reminisce often. Another episode of Articulate in the books. Thanks so much, Mbeta, for coming out. Follow him on Instagram. I love Mbeta. I love him, but that's also his Instagram handle. And uh, check out his films. Again, really talented. And obviously, he has a a very positive message that he's trying to spread. And uh, it should be something that you would want to support. So go ahead and and do that. Um, Also support me if you want. You know, follow me on Instagram if you don't already. And uh, thanks for listening once again. I appreciate it. I hope you all have a great week. I love you. Amen. Okay, bye. Yeah, baby, that's not Denzel. Yeah, it is. Mm, no, it's not. Dude looks a lot like Denzel, but uh, it's not him. You're crazy. That's, look at that. That's Denzel. Okay, let me ask you this. Did he say he was Denzel? Well, no. He, he tried to introduce himself, and I cut him off because I told him I knew who he was. What kind of car did he drive? A BMW. Hmm. Three series. Mm. What was his place like? It was a two-bedroom condo. It w- and he used the, um, the spare room as an office. Do you hear what you're saying right now? Hold on. Let me see. <clears throat> when you zoom in, the nose gives it away, right? God damn. Mm-hmm. Look, don't beat yourself up about it, okay? There is some good news. If you want to get with Denzel, eh? he's standing. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> because the real Denzel ain't got shit on me. <laughs> <laughs>